Let me just get this back. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> don't don't spill it. Ladies and future <laughs> boys, the only podcast that can't be quiet. Well, I'm in a new studio. I'm in the library. I get a I get a stubby holder for all those non-Australian people for my can. But wouldn't you know it? It's heavy. It's it makes a clink noise on the ground, and it's also made out of astroturf. So when you touch it, it makes this sound. So we're gonna <laughs> throw that away, and we're gonna. <laughs> We're taking the condom off this soda. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast claiming it was all for science. My name is Toby DePaula, and let me tell you something. We write, record, and edit these podcasts on producer Kaya's laptop. Say hello. Hello, producer Kaya. No. Um, and that is because I have no computer. I don't even have a mouse. And yet... Um, do you have to edit this down? No, oh, that was okay. Good editing. Thank you. <laughs> I have this mouse pad. This is a classic Opie mouse pad of Ryona from the Senran Kagura franchise. Why do I have this? Because I'm a man of simple pleasures. I'm beginning this episode with audio show and tell because it seemed like a good way to introduce the topic for some reason. Sue me, the intros are the hardest part to write. Kyle, what do you think of the franchise of Senran Kagura? It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's confusing, but it's fun. Oh yeah, I feel like a lot of JRPG um, things are a mess like that. Like, have you ever tried to explain to me a Kingdom Hearts? Or have you just, like, not bothered because it is what it is? Yeah. Mm. They eat sea salt ice creams. They do. Um, what do you think of this mess pad? Um, I'm confused. How come? You don't own a computer. I don't own a lot of things. It's on my list with replacing the television of purchases that are too big, so I'm just going to buy a bunch of random shit that equates to about the same cost anyway. Hmm. hmm. Okay. So, are you ready to talk about Senra and Kagura? Yes. Ugh, I still have medicine taste on my thing. Alright. Senra and Kagura might have met its resurgence for me in the category of late-night JRPG misadventures like Persona 5, Archibus Trip, and a pocket full of other shells. But it first captured my imagination back... I'm full of soda now. This is going great. It captured my imagination back when my town still had a Game Traders. Do you remember Game Traders, Kyle? I do. I wonder if it's still a franchise or if it's only like a few independent ones now. I was looking for a reason to own a Nintendo handheld after I beat the Pokemon games on it, and that's when I saw it. An anime brunette with a rolled-up scroll jammed in between her boobies, and obviously I was sold. Um, this is the first game, and tangents well into our podcast's actual content. Have you seen this cover? I know it's somewhere in this house, I don't know where it is. Um, you know probably. the one, though. I have a picture of it, like, in my tabs, actually, ready to go. I, I would, is it this one? No, no, no. It's just this bit here. Uh. That's, like, the whole thing. I see. Yep. So it captured my, my, my pea brain imagination. I was like, what on earth is this? Hmm. This adventure begins in April 2010. A producer at Tamsoft by the name of Kenichiro Takaki, um, he sees the announcement of the Nintendo 3DS. He decides they will develop a game for the new handheld. This led to the million dollar question. I'm sure a lot of content creators at the time had the same question. What is something gamers will want to see in 3D? 
That's only one accurate answer. His answer to this question was titty. Yep. From that single idea, he came up with an idea for characters, gameplay elements, and a rough plot. Nan Yayigashi designed the characters, and Yukinori Kitajima, Kitajima, sorry, not Kitajimas. <laughs> uh, Kitajima, he would write the scenarios and stuff around the plot's outline. Um, this led to the first game coming out in September 2011 for 3DS in Japan. Um, it was either Portrait of Girls or Skirting Shadows. Um, the internet's very inconclusive on this whole fucking franchise. I'm having a wonderful time researching it. Yeah. Um, yep. But we didn't get either of those in Australia. What we got was Burst. This came out in Japan in 2012, America in 2013, and in my neck of the woods being the rest of the world in 2014. Yeah. Um, the reluctance to take them international would be pretty foreshadowy. Uh, so keep it in mind over the next, you know, couple episodes. Uh, Ken Berry of Marvelous Entertainment America has a quote on the wiki saying that it was a, quote, scary proposition due to the subject matter and the difference in attitudes between Japanese culture and the more conservative culture in the US. Which is surprising. It is, but, you know, anime booba. Which has, like, picked up a lot of popularity, but not in 2000 and... Early 2010s wasn't really a thing. We didn't have Crunchyroll yet. Um, anime, like... I wonder what kicked that off, because it just sort of, like, had a weird slow boom. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Do you think it was when... I, I would have to research, but based on absolutely nothing, it might be when Adult Swim bought Toonami. Possibly. Because then it's like, hey, look at all these really cool ones. Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Um, Cowboy Bebop. A million other good examples of mature anime. I feel like that would be very roughly in this ballpark. I don't know. Maybe. It might be the exact time frame for people to be, like, nostalgic for Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Could be a lot of things. Um, but yeah, eventually they worked with Exceed Games to get it translated and sent across the seas. Alright, so Burst um, was where we begun, so I can mostly s skip Portrait, um, because you can sort of call Burst a director's cut if you like. Uh, it featured the whole story with the five good ninjas and all their stuff, but it also included a whole thing from the other perspective, the five villain ninjas. Uh, the story here will tick a shitload of boxes for my podcast coverage too, because it is the plot for both Portrait of a Girls and Burst and the Skirt in Shadows manga and the Ninja Flash anime adaptation and the 2018 PS4 remake Burst Renewal. So it's like five birds with one stone. Yay! Are you ready to get into the arc portion of this podcast series. Let's do this. Portrait and Burst are 2.5 style side-scroller beat-em-ups on the 3DS. Uh, the remake, Burst Renewal, is a third-person 3D beat-em-up on the PS4. Um, where, whether you get your information there or from the, the anime or the manga, what you need to know that is that this is a franchise about Shinobi. Shinobi, are, that's a word, right? I've seen it in other shit. I, I think, think Naruto's so. gonna be a Shinobi. Um, shinobi, in this sense, definitely, are ninja mercenaries used for unusual warfare, be it protection, infiltration, or assassination. A ninja or shinobi was a convert agent and mercenary in um, feudal Japan. Okay. So basically, it's ninja. I'm going to say deluxe ninja. Because I think of ninjas as stealthy, I don't think of them as espionage. 
That comes off. That comes off more spy to me. I don't know. But the main story revolves around five up-and-coming shinobi girls that are training in a secret wing of Hanzo Academy. Uh, the way it's set up, um, my favourite, is the anime cold open version. Um, in which our main protagonist is doing an exam in the city. Um, it's a cool scene, just a lot of action, as um, as a girl late at night is on the run from an ambush of ninjas and she's trying to protect a scroll, which brings us to the novelty part of these games. Because when... Um, name I'm searching for here. Uh, when Kenichiro came up with tits as his answer to the 3D problem, it wasn't in like a quagmire sense as much as like a haha funny booba kind of thing. A lot of these, this whole franchise is based around like parody of fan service. Yeah. You feel that way? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not fan service. It is just like blatantly goofy on purpose it, kind of, it's definitely it's, they were like we have an idea for a game it's similar to a lot of other games how can we make it different just turn it what up to if an we 11 just, yeah yeah it's, it's not like a scary movie because parody it's but it's like a we know what we're doing to the point of just like blatancy if you watch it and it was in any other style mm. it's got a good story, it's got good characters, it's, like, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you watch it in its current format, thinking about its current format, you're like... <laughs> it knows what it's doing, especially the, the narrator in the anime. It doesn't, like, it doesn't sexualize, it's not... It does, but in, like, a stupid way. Like, it, it doesn't take it seriously. No. It's objectifying, but it's, like, very tongue-in-cheek about it. Um... So these girls, they each have these little special scrolls that they use. Each one have their own, and the school has their own sort of big specialty ones. Uh, the scrolls are like random, like the random gadgets that the Sailor Moon characters have, or Power Rangers power crystals. They use them to transform. Um, and if the Sailor Moon transformations weren't weirdly sexual enough, let me begin by saying they usually keep the scrolls in their boob cleavage or butt cleavage for safekeeping. I mean, it is a safe place to keep stuff. Yeah, much like the cover of the game. Uh, the transformation scenes are probably a big part of the selling point of the 3D console, because, you know, uh, close-ups and 3D. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you think these are... I think they're less sexual than the Sailor Moon ones. Honestly. Mm. I, I, it's probably because they're quicker. For the sake of gameplay, they just zoom on by. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's meet our five girls, alright? Uh, we have the Hanzo Shinobi. Let's start with the class captain, uh, third year Ikaruga, that one. Yeah. What do you think about that one? She's a little up herself. What? You're rude. No, she's she starts very off that stubborn one. and... They all have, um, character arcs. Yes. Isn't that nice? Um, yeah, she's adopted by a rich clan of ninjas... As the actual son was too inept at doing ninja shit. She is brought in to be a prodigy and is given their fancy heirloom sword. Um, she's very serious, upperclassman type, you know, the, you know, the kind. Um, the other third year is, like, her polar opposite. Um, before I move on too far, I'm just, I'm gonna say, like, playing as Ikaruga is very hard for me. 
She doesn't gel with my abilities. It's like my play style. Yeah. Because a lot of my go-to combos end with her stopping to put the big fucking sword in its sheath again. Which gives... Well, while I'm locked in that animation, it gives all the, like... Everyone else The swarms of bad ninjas a chance to just king hit me in the back of my head. Alright, so, the other third year. The stifler of the group is Katsuagi. Um... That one. Yeah. Um, her tragic backstory, if you can look past her constant groping of the other girls, is that when she was a little kid, her parents were shinobi as well. They were a, like a duo team. A Jesse and James, if you will. They failed a mission one day, and instead of committing seppuku, um, they went on the lam. Yeah. Uh, running away to be renegades, leaving their daughter behind. Rude, but, you know, keeps her from getting, like, stabbed by other ninjas, I guess. Yeah. Because she's not on the run with them. Um, our first years, um, how do you feel about her? Um, she's a little gropey for me. I gotta... She's nice, better but... better this in, probably. Yeah, yeah, she's an absolute pervert. Do you like her weapon? Um, I don't remember it. She's just the big stompy boots. Oh, her, her Those big metal feet. stompy boots. Yeah, her hooves. No, I don't like them. I think of them as brass knuckles that go up to the knees. No, they're, they're horsey boots. She's very slow to walk around with because she has to, like, stomp everywhere. So yeah. It's funny. It's amusing to me. Um, her transformation outfit's just her shirt unbuttoned. She has very big booba. She does. She has a 90 centimeter bust line, according to the manga, but I don't know what that is on in, in any sort of scale. 90 centimeters is just shy of a meter. Around the boob. For those listening at home, where we're both sort of pantomiming as we figure this out. Play along too, if you like. Alright, and we've got our first years, the juniors. Alright, we've got Hibari and Yagyu. Um, do you, how do you feel about either of those ones? That yeah, those one two there. And that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're fun together. Okay. Hibari I do feel bad for. Like, she comes from this huge family of shinobi and wasn't really into that shit. She wanted to make baked goods and be a normal person. But unfortunately, she has pupils shaped like flowers, as yeah, you can see on this box. Little like crossy things. Yeah, yeah. Um, this marks her in her family as the chosen one. So unfortunately, even though she is the most incompetent in her family, she is the chosen ninja to be the ninja. Yeah. Uh, her brothers and sisters all hate her very much. She does her best, but sucks at ninjutsu pretty much the whole time. Um, her play, th- her play style. Especially in Renewal, the the remake. Mm-hmm. She's... I feel like she has, like, the worst stats. They make her very hard to play as. Her, She's very childish. Her dodge button is just a, a trip-over button. Yeah. And you will not get out of the way of an attack. Ah, uh, so other chick has to look after her. That's right. Um, the other first year is great at ninja stuff. Yagyu was training from an early age. Nothing too crazy. She doesn't have a family legacy or anything like that, like most of the other characters do. Jessie Argue and her sister and best friend, Nozomi. Uh, I only wrote that name down because it's the name of the chick from Kaijo. Yeah. So my, my association immediately broke when I googled it. Um, one day, though, Nozomi was randomly struck and killed by a car. Mm-hmm. She died and Yagyu became a loner who threw herself into the shinobi training to take her mind off of things. Um, her younger sister looked very similar to Habari, so she is super overbearingly protective of her. Cheers. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, they're buddies. 
And Lucky Last is our main protect. Oh, fucking sorry. Um, Yagi plays really well. Um, I went through most of the remake just to freshen up on who everyone was for this. Mm. She has a big spiky umbrella. Oh yes. Um, I didn't mention Hibari's weapon because she doesn't really have one. No, but, she's a little bit. But Yagi's special. just got a big bladed umbrella, and she throws it around, and it spins, and it cuts the shit out of everything. It's really satisfying. Nice. Because these games swarm you with weak enemies. Yeah, they do. So you will get like a three hundred hit combo within like a minute, and it's so satisfying. Um, all right, last one in Hanzo. Lucky last is our main protagonist, the second year student Asuka Hanzo. I know who Asuka is. She's my favourite. Don't say something about it. She's good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She has a sword. Two. She has two little swords. Her her grandpa made good sushi. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. She has the same surname as the school, and that is because her grandfather is a legacy ninja, and I think the school is either named after him or he founded it. I can't remember what order it came in. Um... But her father gave up his dreams of being a fancy lawyer to marry his ninja wife, so she has a lot of, like, love and honour and junk in her soul. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. She was raised to put love and friendship and all that anim- that classic anime tropey stuff before all other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not great. No, but she's got that fairy tale attitude of, like, I'm not very good at anything, but because I care about my friends, I'm literally God. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I'll try to fit in as many girls as I can into this podcast, but with a caveat that New Wave and New Link are not available in my country, I have no access to them, and it is a card game on mobile that added what feels like hundreds of women. Yeah. So for the sake of my own sanity and the fact that I'm struggling to compact this whole franchise down into a few episodes, um, those are not going to pop up in my school for wayward nerds right now. Ha ha ha. Right. Take that, people that like this game. Well, they can like every other game, I just cannot partake in that one. Um, Alright, so we've got a few girls. We've got, the, we've got the five here. So let's send them into town to do good guy stuff. The shopping district, um, near where they live, has a hoodlum problem. So the girls are going to drive them out of town as their first time out of school. They're doing like ninja work experience, I guess. Yeah. Alright, while out and about, Asuka meets Homura. Um, they sort of wander off together. Um, Homer has, like, a weird knack for stopping people from pickpocketing Asuka. Yes. Because she is oblivious to things. She's just enjoying her life. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they go hang off while the other girls run into trouble with the punks and hoodlums. Our heroes fight off the group of jerks and they shatter because they are puppets. That's problematic. Mm -hmm. You, You shouldn't fight puppets. As the anime episode ends, we see that they are puppeted by Haruka. Um, these I know I'm saying a lot of names that I haven't described yet. I'm leading into things. Yeah. Okay. After this, the good girls kind of go home suspicious of the wooden people, and this Haruka um, lady and Homer meet up with a few more girls to talk about what they saw. Because Kyle, like you said earlier, shinobis also do some espionage things. Apparently, they are less good than... Um... Samurai. Hmm. The samurai don't like them. I like that there's li- there's like an attitude problem between ninjas and samurais. The samurai are like, you are beneath us, and we don't care for you. And ninjas say, hey, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just like <laughs> I just like that there's beef. 
I mean, I understand it. It doesn't matter what feudal era of human history you are in, we are hungry for some beef, Kaya. It's beef season. You sound so enthusiastic <laughs> about beef, sis. Alright, so, we've got the Habijo Clandestine Academy. Um, these are... This is literally the same setup as Hanzo, but for villain ninjas. Yeah. I love how, like, they put a label on it. It's like, we are good ninjas, and the other people are like, we are bad ninjas. It's like, do we have any different um, attitudes towards really anything? And they're like, nope. (laughs) Everyone knows it's good guys and bad guys. It's all about them grey areas. Yeah, at this stage in the canon, um, it's these five girls stalking the Hanzo students. Uh, we met Asuka's rival Homura first, so we'll start there. Um, what do you think about her? Oh, I like her. Um, she's not that bad. Nah, she's a good, she a good kid. She's um, a good bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has six swords, which I, I feel like I've written down somewhere in here. I, I don't know. She she holds like a bunch of a handful of swords, like Wolverine she's style. She's a Wolverine. Yeah. Um, Homura started off as a good guy. Um, while in normal people's school and training to be a ninja at home, you know, after school is an important time for your hobbies, um, she had a good relationship with her teacher, they were buddies, um, they were talking once about what she might do after she finishes school, and she tells her teacher buddy, man, I'm sort of doing secret apprenticeship stuff to become a good ninja and save people one day. At this point, the teacher goes, I fucking knew it, and attacks her. Hiya! See, teachers, all of them, are in fact evil ninjas put in place to hunt down potential good shinobi and take them out. Nice. Are you an evil ninja? I cannot confirm or deny any claims made against me at this time. Alright. Homer kills the teacher in self-defense, but gets pretty fucked up in the process when her family find out why she's severely hospitalized, you know, that she told someone about being a ninja, she's abandoned, left for dead by her family, because the first rule of ninja is don't talk about ninja. Look, we knew this. Mm-hmm. If you had just watched that one movie. The one that we don't talk about. Ninja Club. Yes. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, so. Once that goes down, she's sort of abandoned in hospital. She is picked up by Habijo to become a villain ninja. I see a smidge of red hood in her personality and her weapon handling reminds me of Wolverine. She's very comic booky. Yeah. I will also say in the re- burst renewal version, her "I'm being damaged" like scream is like a death metal roar compared to every other character, and it stands out and it's very weird because everyone squeaks like the the chew toy that is anime characters, <laughs> but not her. She she's got like a very angry scream. She's a Gretzko. Yeah, a little bit. She's got that vibe. Um. So, we also met Haruka, so let's talk about that one. She wasn't a ninja. I guess you would call her a ninja muggle. By which I mean... You're looking at me like I know what you're trying to get at. You know what muggles are. Her mother is just a normal lady, and her dad is just a normal lady, and she is a normal lady. That's a muggle? Or is that a, a muddy bloody or whatever? Her mother is a normal lady, her dad is a normal lady, mm. and she is a normal lady. Alright, so three, like, a, a family of three walk into Harry Potter town and none of them are magic. That's muggle, correct? Yes. Alright, Haruka is a, a ninja muggle. <laughs> and a miracle of life, because her mom and her mom-dad had a baby. Yeah. Her mother was an overprotective lady, 
and her father was a doctor with a small army of affairs. Always fucking this man. Well, he's a lady. No, 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 he a man. <laughs> I like that you still haven't caught on to the fact that you called him a lady. Plausible deniability about the ninja muggles. Haruka was treated like a little doll and she hated it. Um, she was about ready to burn down her own house when she was noticed by Rin. Uh, one of Tintin. The, no, 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 the, the, vil, the teacher at the bad school. Is she on any of the box art? No. I guess I'll go fuck myself. You know the one. Yeah. She had the purple hair, and she's always very insecure about being old compared to all the other girls, but she's... They're, they're all anime waifu bodies. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I'm so old, and you look at her, and you're like, hair's not even grey. In fact, some of the students have grey hair, but not you. This one is old. That one there? She got glasses, she got grey hair. I shit she you old. not, she's like 21 in the game, so I was like, is she fucking still in school? What? <laughs> Ah, Wikipedia is interesting sometimes. You stumble into shit. You're also not very good at guessing anime ladies' ages. Because you thought that... Mako? Yeah. That bitch is an adult. No. Yeah, she is. She's a Billy Madison. No. And I will not stand for any other answer. She is 12. No. She wasn't anyway. I don't want her to be 16. I'm not even defending that. I want her to be 48. And I want her to drive a Prius. She can't drive. She doesn't have a license. She might. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, so Haruka's gonna burn down her house She's noticed by a villain school teacher um, So I assume she. I th- I'm gonna assume Rin was also the one That talent scouted Homura Maybe All right. She she was taught this puppetry stuff You know, to make fake people And or brainwashing and controlling real people She does all those things And Haruka used it um, Well, that is not a sentence I've written down So what happened was <laughs> She used this brainwashing art that she studied to make her dad confess to her mum about the just up to his knees in pussy he is. That's, that's nice of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she left home to join the Habejo Academy as well. She is honestly kind of like a Rick Sanchez person in this. Because um, she has bull- she just has bullshit scientific potions. She does mind control. She wears a lab coat. She has that robot bodyguard and stuff. Yeah, she's, she's very maybe, scientifically overpowered. She's maybe a bit big. Yeah, man, trying to fight her in that... In that reboot, man, they make her fucking intense. Yeah. I'll give credit to that game. Considering you've already known these characters for about five years at the time, it makes them a threat. Like, it makes them a very new and exciting threat. That's good, It's though. a well-built game. Alright, the final three. The ones we haven't mentioned yet. You have Yomi. A fan favourite, and I can see why, but honestly, her personality is just about bean sprouts. Mm, uh, that one. Fan. That one. Yeah, I know who she is. She's hot, she wears the low-cut thing, she has the big sword and the crossbow. She's great and all, but she just doesn't shut the fuck up about bean sprouts. Yeah. Which is a shame, because I like all the other shit about her, because she is literally eat the rich personified, you know? She yeah. lived in the slums, watched her parents starve to death while Ikaruga and her parents lived in luxury. Um, I think she mostly joined the school because she is just a hateful woman and wants to kill rich people. Yeah. It's just a damn shame that all of her violent tendencies manifest in bean sprout obsession. I just don't get it. Me. They're not that great. No, they're overrated. But they're a, um, 
I believe it's because they're like a poor person food, so she takes a lot of pride in them because she's not some rich asshole drink eat drinking Kobe beef. I don't think you should. I don't. <laughs> All right, we've got Mariah next. Yeah. She's a little teeny tiny ball of fury. Um, she oh, yeah, yeah. she is small. She has an eye patch. Oh yeah, yeah. You like that one? Yeah. Not she... on this box, apparently. This one. She she's little cat lady. Yeah. She has an umbrella gun like the penguin. Yeah. And she joined the school to make friends. She has a distrust in people and yet is very alone. She also has a very... She has small boob complex. Mm. Because... I mean, you would if you were the only one in the universe. Yeah, if you have an A cup and literally the human standard is like a J. I I understand where she's coming from. Yeah, there's not much to her on the surface, but as Haruka starts to get obsessed with fucking with Hibari um, throughout the, the story arc... Um, Mariah grows jealous and a weird rivalry forms in that. Mm. Because she just wants to be noticed. Uh, yeah. And lastly, um, the one that I picked out of the bunch, uh, the green-haired sociopath. Funny that. Mm. Funny that I picked that one out of the, out of the jar. The, the you. Mm-hmm. Hikage. Um, she started off life as an orphan and stayed there for eight years. Meaning she was eight years old. Okay. <laughs> No one really liked her for a reason that can be summed up as rest in bitch face. Just over here, she's smoking a cigarette. <gasps> Blasphemy. Yep, no one really liked her for that. Which is, I, I guess, in an orphanage you can only really like look at a catalogue. So if you look like a dick, people are going to assume you're a dick, I guess. I don't know a lot about adopting. <laughs> I've only seen Stuart Little, and it was like ten years ago. Also, if you're like slightly older, eight is eight too old for an adoption? You're aging out. Uh. Yep. So she left the orphanage to tough it out on the street, um, and that is where she met a gang leader named Hinata. They became fast friends, kind of like um, you know, chalk it up as Holly and Selena Kyle. You know, they've got that sort of like not quite a little sister, but not quite a daughter. Yeah. Weird surrogate buddy thing. Alright, and... Yeah, they were inseparable for many years until one day Hinata went to a rival gang's territory to try and peacefully resolve some gang war stuff. Um, Hakage would later find Hinata dismembered in a dumpster. That's problematic. Hakage, taking Hinata's knife, apparently found the rivals that killed her fake mother, and I forget the quote exactly, but it's something along the lines of she spent every emotion she could possibly muster into the body of those people. Mm. And that is why she is kind of like a monotone, unfeeling sociopath now. That makes sense. Not in like a... the fucking walking Phoenix Joker sociopath, just a... I've just kind of like shut down. I'm just I'm just going to coast it for a bit. Talk, I've, I'm going to talk up. like Daria and just kind of... I've given up on the world. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still here, but I am not invested. Yeah. I'm sorry, Elmo. I've completely checked out. You know, that quote... Um, yep, yeah, so after this, she was a shoo-in for the Harbejo Clandestine Academy, given that she proved herself with knife skills and, um, dismembering people. Yay! Isn't that great? <laughs> I noticed that you've made my, smart, my font a little tiny one, so it fits. Good thing. Look! I'm not printing out a whole extra page because you can't keep one paragraph on a page. I'm sorry. Um, That's on you. Now I'm gonna do a little bit of um, the thing where you just talk, but it's not notes. 
Oh. Okay. Because like I got two, I, I'm I'm past the halfway point. So okay. I, so I have a little bit of room to play here. I love playing as Hikage. Like obviously with the whole aesthetic. Yes. Snake print isn't my favorite, but like animal prints usually pretty cool. And then you play as her, with her poison-tipped knives, and her speed, and the fact that she's slowly poisoning everything she stabs. It's oh, it's, it's so good, it's so satisfying. Oh, I buy you. It, it's the same as the Arkham games. How I really liked playing as Catwoman, in like the fight maps, because the faster the character moves, the happier I am playing them. Like I, I prefer like an agile, zoom in around character than a big tank. Yeah. Like her rival Katsu, is stompy and slow. And her kicks do huge amounts of damage because she's wearing a fucking tank on her foot. Yeah. But she's still stomping around and shit. I like to zip around. Yeah. I, I like to I like to move a lot in my video games, I guess. Which is weird because I think Sonic the Hedgehog sucks. You would love to follow me through a Disney park. Zooming around. I do. Yeah, I know. I'm very... I, I got to the point where I could duck and weave through a crowd very quickly. I'm good at that too, but that's because I grew up on like a tourist destination instead of a real place. Ah, uh, see, mine started <laughs> from music, like, festivals. Ah. Because no one would come to my bands with me, and I was like, if I get to the front, I am semi-safe. Hmm. So I would just get up to the front. Removing this one because it introduces other characters, but do you have, like, a favourite in the bunch? Um, I like Asuka. Yeah. Is it because she has, like, the most backstory out of the bunch, so there's, like, a character there? Whereas a lot of the other ones are just kind of, like, coasting? Mm, maybe. I will say, like, going through the profiles here, there's a lot more in these ones than, like, the ones that get added to the pile later. Yeah. Which I think is fair enough, because you're getting up to 40, 45, 50 characters. Yeah. There's only so many times you can kill parents. <laughs> this ain't Disney, baby. I guess I like Asuka, because, like... She's just happy. She's the one that I can relate to the most. Happy but determined. Yeah. Does her best, not always great. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm always trying. I'm usually failing, but I'm trying. Hmm. And I don't like Squid Girl. I, I like, again, I like playing as her because her attacks don't do a huge amount of damage. But as the umbrella with the blade spins, it's not a, each hit isn't like massively powerful. But every hit is like seven or eight hits. Yeah. So it's really satisfying to beat the piss out of everyone. And that is what you do. It is a hack and slash game to its core, and it is done really well. Yeah. Um, you smash the clothes off of enemies, and yours degrade as you go. But then you do your transformation, and it fills your health bar out. Which feels... A... It's a very weird... I'd, I'd say it feels like bar. an overpow- overpowered feature, but the enemies can do it too. So like, yeah. it, it evens out. It's fine. And that's, it's all about, like, trying to work out when the right time to do it is. Mm. And it's so satisfying if you don't. Yeah. I don't even need to be super powered up to kick your ass. That's true. Um, so you've got those two versions. You've also got frantic mode, which, um, starts... I want, I want to be respectful about this. And yes, it is fan service to this point of parody, but when you start in frantic mode... Um, instead of being normal and then transforming. Um, the 3D version will have a close-up on the bust, and you take your, you put your thumbs on the stylus and you rip the clothes off. 
Yeah. On the little touchpad. And you do that on the touchpad on the PS4 too. And it makes a pop noise. And all the clothes come off. They're in their underwear. Huge attack boosts. Absolutely no defense. You get punched like three times and you die. Yeah. But you wouldn't it's, if it's you like, didn't have any clothes on. I know, but it's, it's like a fun sudden death thing. It, it, is, it is cool to do. It's very satisfying. Have you played any of them? Yeah. Have you? Tr- yeah, you, you've given it a go. Yeah. Which ones? Um, the one with the temple. I know. You, I think you're talking about festival verses because that was the main one. I. They're in the shopping street, and there's a temple at the end. Yeah. And I've played a little bit of Peach Beach. I like that one. And I've watched the anime. Hmm. And that's it. I mean, I mean, I know, I've things. watched you do it. Because usually you, you're like, I enjoy this thing, you will watch it. Yeah. I think there's a lot more to it. Like, if you look past literally everything I have on this desk and see the characters behind the Tatars, everyone's a hooker with a heart of gold in this scenario. They're all great. That's, that's the thing the Gameplay's about... awesome. Every character is, like, interesting enough that you're, like, happy for them. You just have to, like, see through the, look how blatantly stupid tits are. But I feel like that's one of the best parts of this game, Mm. is the fact that on the surface people be like, oh yeah, the big tit game, yeah, I love that game, like, it's, you know, they they have huge tits, Mm. and you're like, have you, you haven't paid attention it's a to test, you anything reckon. that happened in this. It's like if a cover because of a book had a second... lie on it. Oh, yeah. It's a trick question. It's it, The second that you pay slightly more attention than they have particular features, mm-hmm. it's a really deep, like, honourable, like, everyone is there for a reason, for a purpose, and you can kind of give them that yeah, hundred percent. Like, like I said, I I probably should say it in this episode because this is like the epitome of it. If I have to stay up to do a night shift, I'll yeah, I'll I'll stay up the entire night before to get ready, get into the zone. And the best way to hold my attention and keep me awake is a random Japanese video game that I struggle to understand what's going on in. And that's how I stumbled into a lot of things. Like Persona mm-hmm. is definitely a hit, and this is definitely the other hit. Because, like, you start... It's like, haha boobies, and then you play it, and you're like, ha all their clothes rip off. That's so funny. And then, like, three hours in, you're, you're reading, like, Hakage's backstory, and you're like, oh, no, Hanada died. Yeah. And you're like, no! You, like, you get crazy attached to them, because oh, the like, characters are so well built. Yeah. And everyone has their own backstory, and their own, like... Everyone's doing their own little adventure. Yeah, like, the... I know we both said that we're not a huge fan of it, but the chick that's constantly going on about... Bean sprouts. Bean sprouts. I think that's a trauma mask, honestly. But, and that's the thing, like... Sure, she has big boobs, she's an evil character. She do have some fucking boobs. She too. does. Of the original batch And she lets them out and all of that. Not out, out. You know those, um... She wears the... very low-cut Is outfits. it hers that I'm thinking of? You know, like, the frilly boob window that sits in the corset? I feel like German ladies wear it at Oktoberfest. It's one of those outfits. Dreidel. A dreidel is the little Jewish top. No, I'm pretty sure. Dresdel? 
Cradle? I'm, I'm Googling it. Fuck it. Lidhausen um, is the boy one. What is the... But, like... October first girl wearing? She has this, you know, she's this very cutesy, big-boobed, like, evil person. But when you learn Adrenal. about the... Fa- Thank you. Good work. It is... I would never be able to fucking spell it. No, that's... <laughs> I know I know that it's spelled weird. That's why I went with what I knew. But, yeah, it's one of those. Um... I do like that they all have very unique outfits, too. Yeah. Like, like I said, okay, there's I a shit ton of Can I finish what I'm trying to say about character, though? Do it. Because I'm lost enough in my own brain, and you keep interrupting me, and now I'm having troubles. So I'm stalling. Uh, I'm init- I'm instinctively stalling, because I know I'm typing things into Google. Okay. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that's just, we're going to be here with this explanation for hours. She, um, you know... As I was saying, she's this super cutesy little character, and... She has a little beret. All of those kinds of things. However, like, she watched her family starve to death. Yeah. And anyone that doesn't appreciate what they have are, like, oh, yeah, she her mortal enemy. Yeah. And that's, like, such... She's not evil because, haha, it's fun to be evil. She's... She's genuinely just angry as hell, stance. man. Of you need to appreciate what you have because there are other people that don't have anything. Yeah. So even like the evil characters, you know, have this redeeming quality. Yeah. I'm not gonna find it now. I think a lot of our like natural bias is um later in the book when they're introducing all like the villain ninjas and stuff. And you meet her, and she's just ranting about the benefits of bean sprouts to Hakage, who is, like, literally falling asleep listening to her talk. So I'm immediately, like, on her side being like, Shut the fuck up about beans, dude! Yeah, I don't even like beans. Alright. And because I wrote this bit mistaking the anime for an exact version of the story, I'm going to put it in here as well. Because it took time out of my life. Okay. Um, and I mentioned Rin in the villain profiles. Yes. Alright. The Hanzo teacher, um, Korea, um, he had these two students before this current batch of good girl ninjas. Um, mainly Daidoji, Daidoji, and Rin. Mm-hmm. One hard to spell name and one really easy to spell name right next to each other. Isn't that fun? Daidoji has, like, the half hat, like, Jojo. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it fits on either of those characters' the heads. It is the forehead of a hat. Yeah. And she is a beefcake. She has fucking abs, which grosses me out as a person. I'm not a big muscle person. Wonderful. I have none. I know, you're a big, soft, squishy laying down on the floor. Um, Rin was her senior student back in the days, and she was a very promising shinobi. Um, Rin was um, Kiriya's first student, and he believed in her. So in her final exam, when she was almost killed by a sneak attack dummy, he broke it. Um, and let her pass the test. That's nice of him. Mm-hmm. But she's never done a lot. No, and she found out that she didn't exceed on her own merit and left very bitter. Which, understandable. Mm-hmm. On a mission that she went on to, like, outside of... So she went to an actual job, I guess. Um, she went to fight a swarm of Yoma. Because even though they haven't been seen or mentioned in the games yet, monsters and kaiju exist here. Of course. Um, apparently you fight a lot of them in the sequel game which was a, th- a very hard-to-come-by 3DS game, so I have not seen many of these monsters. 
I would much like to see them at some point in these games. Um, yeah, her team went in to fight these Yoma, and they were very decimated. Uh, Rin was the only survivor. A team of evil shinobi came in shortly after and defeated the monsters and saved Rin. After this, she faked her death and joined the, um, the evil shinobi's school as a teacher. That's nice of her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I felt the need to add that, which is weird because I didn't add much about Dojo... Do, uh, Daidoji. I don't honestly know a bunch about her. I think she's more just like the role model for the good girl ninjas. She rocks up and she's like, look how ripped and successful I am. And everyone's like, woo! And they applaud. But I know I'm on an audio thing and you'll get mad if I, if I clap really loudly. You can golf clap. I'll allow a golf clap. A little one. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she has a rivalry with Rin. Which is, that's you a, know. That's, a, that's, a, that's about her. That's her system. That's, that's what you need to know. Yeah. All right. So, for notes and canon's sake, I'm changing lanes a bit here, going from the anime plot to the manga plot at this point. Um, they're, they're close enough that I can jump around in my format, okay. honestly. They're close enough. Alright, at this point, the Hajibo clandestine shinobi have stalked the Hanzo girls back to, well, the Hanzo school. Everyone has their rival, so they battle it out a bit. Hajibo is mostly just seeing what Hanzo is capable of, you know, like they're testing the waters. Mm. After the battle, our heroes feel really out of depth and begin desperately training to be ready for them to come back. Um, while one having the the one here having the toughest time is the pink head runt of the litter, Habari, who we yeah. discussed earlier. She's a little girl. Um. Yeah, while she's going through a bit of an identity crisis, um, this, a certain time rolls around, which is, you know, the lore of anime and manga and JRPGs. No matter the circumstances, one must face a Beach Day episode. <laughs> Do you have a favourite Beach Day episode? Yeah, kind of. You just like her eating the crap? Yeah. Excellent. Alright, so, we go on a Beach Day. Now the girls are sent out to the beach to blow off a little bit of steam and stress because they're being frantically training and they're all very stressed out about getting literally stabbed by mean girls. Look, I feel like I'm in a similar position in my life. Habari is put in charge of the locker with all their stuff in it. She gets given the key and they all go swimming. We then jump to Haruka and Yomi, bean girl. Um, these girls, being evil ninjas tr with training in infiltration, steal the locker key off of Habari's towel. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and sh with that, she will have failed, and the other girls would blame her, sowing doubt and annoyance in the group. Dumb as shit, but technically a very smart plan. That's as why the game... you want to put your key inside a not-used-used nappy. Mm. You don't just want to sit it clear as day on top of a towel? No. Alright. So after the girls come back to the shore, they see the key is gone, um, and they... Fucking so stupid. They spot a little lemonade stand style shop selling their clothes, <laughs> including panties, because this is a waifu bait anime thing. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, protective Yagyu is like, no one sells Hibari's panties, and Katsu is like, all these panties will be mine. Yeah. So they both beat the shit out of um, all the villain ninjas that pop up. So, yeah, and they smash the booth to pieces. Um, all's well that ends well, and all the girls go home. The only one actually mad at Habari for losing the key is Habari. Yeah. She can't fucking do anything right, she says. God damn it. 
like I told you, another good one is to put it inside a cleared out um, sunscreen. I should have bookmarked it for a genuine reaction, but I'll ask you to pretend, Kyle. Okay. She deals with her troubles like Spongebob does in the first Spongebob movie. Binge eating ice cream. (laughs) I thought that was reserved for breakups. Nah, it happens when he doesn't get the promotion, remember? I've never watched Spongebob. Alright, well, she ain't annoying. I'm. Which. Wait. Why did I fucking turn the page I'm halfway through the page. When, when is the one where they dry out in the shack and then. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The start That's of that. That's the part that I've seen. Oh, okay. Alright, so, while in the parfait store, she is attacked again. Habijo is just sort of like prodding her for a reaction because they can see that she's the weakest link. Like, throughout all the dumb, ha, look, she's eating all the ice cream, and ha, ha, they're selling underwear. They're literally... They've all fought each of the characters, and they go, this one's the weakest link. Yeah. We are going to destroy them through this one. Which is very smart. It's very smart and well-written. Yeah. Alright. Um, yeah, she's attacked, but, you know, saved by Yagi once again, and she gets pissed off about it. She hates being the baby spice of the group and doesn't want to be protected all the time. The ninja that attacked her escapes and leaves a fern leaf behind. Um, it is a clue. Mm-hmm. And Habari knows where this uh, fern grows. It's a poisonous one. And she independently goes out to find the Harbejo school location. Which is probably not very smart. And probably not. But she has to prove herself because she sucks at literally everything she's done. <laughs> Look, I've she's... given her heaps of clues here on chat where to hide her key at the beach. I know. Um, while hunting, she makes it through the poisonous gas from the plants and is attacked again by Mirai. I will continue my habit of pointing at things. Deesh. Um, They fight it out for a bit before Mirai gets the upper hand and almost beats her to death, I assume. Um, sure enough, Yagyu... That one? <laughs> Squid girl. Yep, shows up to save the day. She gets her bari out of there to safety, but in the fray, um, Yagyu is shot by the umbrella gun. Hmm. Which I will say is in this era of the franchise a severely overpowered weapon. Yeah. Because Yagyu is specifically designed to sort of like counter Mirai because all of her like jump and then attack things, like fire that squid ink you're talking about, the squid girl thing. That's the only other ranged attack. Everyone's got swords and angry stompy boots. They gave one of the villains a gun. But this one has big, long... You know what's longer knife? than a, a sword? A bullet that's fired out of a gun. Yeah, but they're fast. They could hit it. Look, it's she's a hard character to fight against because she is firing a gun at you. Yeah. You know? But again, it makes the villains in the franchise actually kind of a threat at the time, which is nice. Especially because everyone's, like, buddies as the franchise plays out. Well, it's the fact they that they're not to be so fucked with here. Characters. Oh yeah, mud is the water, totally. That's also part of it. They're like, we're the no, originals, no we have to stick evil, together. There's just grey areas. We're all people. I shouldn't associate this with good, the bad, and the ugly, should I? I just I had a brain Surprisingly, melt. Surprisingly, one of my students has seen that. <gasps> and claimed it to be a good film. Has he seen this? Tell him it's similar. It's a good <laughs> Tell her Senator and Kaga is very similar. And I will not. <laughs> I will not lie like this. Oh, rude. Um, and I like the imagery, which I might actually be able to find, because I think one of the volumes start there. Is it this one? It is this one. Is it? Fuck, hang on. 
It's a page in. There we go. Don't worry. I've got this under control. Um, yeah, I like the imagery in the renewal and in the manga as Hibari is quietly freaking the fuck out in the hospital waiting room while Yagi recovers. Mm. Does she look like a, a cool cucumber? No. <laughs> She's definitely shaken. Mm-hmm. Just like a little um, chihuahua. I mean, you're not wrong, but you, it's, it's mean that you would say, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, she knows it's her fault, and drunk on guilt and vengeance, this our little pick pipsqueak leaves all the other girls behind in the waiting room and following the manga version for the moment she finds her teacher and he tells her that she can't do it alone and will need the power of the Hanzo Academy scroll. The big mm. special one. Which I think I explained early on probably. Kinda. Alright, good enough. It's vague. Yeah. All the girls have their own individual scrolls and they use, that's how you do your special attacks and that's how you transform. You have already said this. Good. But the school has like a big overpowered bullshit one. Yes, you said that too. Alright, cool. Um, so she runs off to get it and single-handedly smash the clandestine villains. Mm. Uh, the reveal that the teacher is another puppet steering poor Habari into bringing their precious scroll right into Haruka's clutches. That's a bit rude. Uh-oh. Seriously, I love the story and tactics beneath all the fat jugs and silliness. Like, it's... That's what I'm saying, though. It does really well. You have to to look past the boobas to get to the story. You know what's behind a big pair of tits? A heart. Yeah, (laughs) the heart body. I don't need to write that down. Um, Yep, so they're they're targeting the weakest link, sowing discourse and manipulating her right into their clutches. And it works. Um, She shows up all piss and vinegar, um, winning my heart a little bit, like when Bubbles decides to be hardcore in Powerpuff Girls. Hardcore. Hardcore. I used to be able to do that impression, but it has been years that I am dying, I think. Yeah. Um, You will notice that if Kai forgets to edit the first half of this out. Which she probably will. Lesbianist. Lesbianist. Um... Alright, yeah, she she fights them for a little bit. You know, she shows up to the school, she's ready, she's like, you can all get fucked. And she opens up the big scroll, and magically it's blank. Because she's just a first year, and not a very good one. She's not ready to understand the scroll, so it just comes off as blank to her. Um, so with that, she's just kind of, like, shoved over, and the scroll is taken. Com- poor thing. You know? She has a hard, hard day. Yeah, she has a shit time in this first game. Yeah. After this, she's just, like, chill and coasting, because, like, she's like, my major story arc's over, I'm fucking set. <laughs> um, yeah. Completely defeated, the poor kid is like, I am nothing, and I can never go back. Um, Haruka offers to make her a brainwashed puppet, and Habari's like, fucking whatever, man, nothing matters. She is taken to Homura, and that's where we start to see a glimpse of the villain girls as people. You know, they're good. This is when we are introduced to Yomi, and she's talking about beans, and Hikage's like, huh? (laughs) Like, just not listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Habari switches schools, and they're like, that's cool, welcome aboard. Um, and they aren't going to make her a brainwashed puppet either because she's one of them. She's a friend now. Yeah. Isn't that nice? The creed of the villain school is that good accepts few, evil accepts all. So she's like, what if I steal back the scroll and escape? And Homer responds, you're welcome to try. She's like, fair point. <laughs> I mean, they, they've managed to beat her at every turn, so why would it be any different? She's here? like, you shouldn't try, you'll get hurt. But in the meantime, Mikasa is Sukasa. 
which is nice of them. See, they're not so bad. After this, Homura shows up at Hanzo to show off the power to Asuka and beat her up a little bit. Um, it's great. She's grow She's got like a red glow going on. She's a little bit super saiyan about it. Yagi wakes up in the hospital and is, and she wants to um, literally the same idea Habari had, but reverse the girls. Yeah. Because they took her friend now. Yeah. Um, Katsu, Ikaraga, and Asuka try to stop the wounded woman from attacking an entire school of ninjas, but she yells about them for letting Habari go on her own in the first place. Um, not really their fault, because a puppet of their teacher told them. Yeah. You know, sure enough, um, um, Yagyu leaves, gets outnumbered, uh, she's also very injured and bleeding out of her, the hole in the side of her. That's fine. It's great. Um, when, just when she accepts her fate and drops her umbrella... The other three girls show up to save the day. Look at them go. That's nice. The battle breaks out. Um, you have all the rivalry fights. Ikaraga versus Yomi. Katsuagi versus Hakage. And Asuka goes for Hibari. Um, all the Hanzo girls escape and once recuperated, will go back for the scroll. Okay. That's nice of them. It's a nice, fun, like, little action adventure. I feel like the problem with it in the game version is that all the, you know, every fight is a one-on-one level. Yeah. Kind of, it's 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 built like fucking injustice, really. But it would be a very satisfying like co-op fight, I think, to have everyone just smashing each other on the foot of the school. Do schools have a foot like a mountain? Some of them. All right, it's a big, tall, towery school, <laughs> so so it's good enough. What's your problem? Is your phone going off? No. Okay. Is it? Is your phone going off? No. There's someone's interfering with my thing all of a sudden. Tell it to shut up. Shut up! Yes. Good work. During another long training montage of levels in-game and grinding in-game and, like, filler bits in the manga, um, Habari talks about how she realised in her time there that the villain girls are just, you know, they're girls. Um, it's greyer than she thought. Not everyone's good and evil. Um, and it's the same for Asuka too, who has crossed paths with Homer like, a few times now. All like of them bugs. are ugly. What? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, okay. We're not good, we're not bad, we're just ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so, my very mature way of coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Homura and Asuka, they, they run into each other in town again, and they go eating sushi together at Asuka's grandpa's store. Um, remember, because he was a fancy ninja, and when he retired, he started the I mentioned that earlier. Place. You did good. You didn't, I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to because I knew you care about them. I also, like that's another part of the like. I don't like her grandpa bit. in in the anime. Every grandpa is horny. Why? That's the it's gross. It's because they don't have long left. It's gross. I agree. The dude, the old ass dude from Dragon Ball, started a horrible trend, and we can't Lech. come back from it. Lech. I also don't like the way every character eats his sushi rolls like sucking cock. Except for that one that bites it in the middle. That's a bari, because she doesn't know how to suck dick. Look at her, she's just small. She can't do nothing Lech. right. That's literally Lech. foreshadowing that she sucks at everything. She bite a cock. <laughs> like that even the male teacher like still like tucks his hair behind his ear so it doesn't get on the dick and <laughs> when they're eating the sushi. like. It's not a dick, it's a sushi. I know, but I know what they're doing. No, you don't. This is a... Regional dish. Hmm. Almost said spiritual dish. Sushi is spiritual. <laughs> Good old spiritual sushi. Um, yeah, his attitude towards the evil ninja is like that a customer's a customer. 
Mm. He's like, I retired. I don't have to care about this. Aramura wants to be a shinobi for the rush. You know, the, the thrill of the hunt and the... Fight. The, the euphoria of not being stabbed to death. Yeah. And um, Asuka wants to save people from the shadows. And she's like, why just from the shadows? And Asuka's like, because justice is its own reward and she doesn't need any glory. Um, nice. Like Batman. Kind of. Yeah. Respect. But, but with parents. She does have parents. Look at her go. Both of them. Yeah. Parents and grandparents. Yeah, she has a whole grandparent. She has an Alfred. <laughs> she has a horny sushi-making Alfred. Ugh. A horny Alfred is just disgusting. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not onto that. I like a really old Alfred. I know. I know. A Batman Forever Alfred. I know, he's your favourite. Anyway, it if you... It just makes the most sense. Hmm. Except for when you add his niece in. And then it makes no sense. That, that's not his fault. She's a weird addition. Um, anyway. If you've grinded your in-game girls up a few levels, like they're the Pokemon that they are, it would be time for Warfare on the Harbijo Clandestine Academy. It starts with Katsu fighting Hakage. Um, Hakage gets defeated, but reveals to us, the viewer, that it is school policy that shinobi who fail must commit suicide. Yeah. She doesn't say that to Katsu because they've formed a kinship in their rivalry. They're just you know? Yeah, yeah, they're all just buddies. Um, then Habari beats Haruka in one of the fucking hardest fights in the goddamn game as far as I'm concerned. Um, and she says something similar to the effect, like, that she has to die. Ikaraga beats Yomi, same result. And guess what the fate is for Mirai when Yagi beats her, too? Mm-hmm. That leaves Asuka and Homer. Homer is on the rooftop and watching Asuka get swarmed by generic henchman ninja girls. Uh, when Homer sees all the Hanzo girls show up to clear a path for her, um, she knows that her friends are defeated and probably dead now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Asuka gets up there and they fight for a bit. She gets the upper hand until Homer uses the big fancy school scroll. Asuka sees, uh, uses it too, sorry. And the battle music suddenly gets lyrics. Never see you come no, that had lyrics the entire game. But I was, think- I was thinking more about Mafia 3. Oh. In a sense where it's like, it's the same song the whole time. But then they like put a little razzle dazzle on it in the f- final moments just to make it like bitchin' again. I was I, I like that choice. I've only seen it the two times. I do like it though. It's it's good use of music. I I I think adding a little flourish to a song makes it fancy in comparison to like in Fairy Tale when they'll just play the theme at, like when when the fight's about to be over. Because at a certain point you it's it's you re, know what it's, it means. yeah I know what we're doing here, but this gives it a little sparkle without being too abrasive about it. I like the choice. It's cool. So, alright, it's time to split the finale down the middle, depending on which version you are experiencing, watching, reading, or playing. If there's an audiobook equivalent listening. The renewal game has the tower become a Yoma monster, like one of the big demons, and it's cool for the sake of the episode. I'm sorry, it's, it's a cool fight for the game. Yeah. But for this episode, I'm going to go with the, the manga version. Okay. Which is... Homer on her last legs, full power, and Asuka on her last legs and full power. They both charge at each other for a big final attack. Now their blades clash, and the whole fucking tower splits right down the middle and falls down. Just falls over. Nice. Just crumbles it to dust. Um, yeah, it crumbles down. Asuka is pulled from the rubble and wreckage by her friends. 
She has the scroll, and they begin walking on out of there. Let's get out of this dump. Well, they've just destroyed it, so, you know. Mm-hmm. But not all is lost for our nice little villains, Kyle. On the horizon, they stand. Hanzo waves goodbye to the ex-Harbejo girls. They fake their deaths. They, you know, they put some clothes on some puppets. Yeah, because nobody wants to die. And they go off on the lamb. And that is the ending of the, I guess, the main tale. Yeah. The original story. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? It's pretty good. It, it sets everything up nicely. It wraps things up nicely, but there's still a tale. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like it in a sense that, um, most of the other games have, like, they play to, like, a weird filler or a weird aspect, whereas this one's very story-driven. Mm. So coming back to it, it's like, oh, yeah, that was great. No wonder I was into this, you know? Is this your favourite one? No. From a story point, yeah, probably. Um, I really... I, I, it also might be nostalgia-based, but I like um the festival one the most. Mm. But at the same time, that still has a bit of story through it. Yeah. I also like Peach Beach, but that's just fun gameplay. It's literally, um... Whatever it's a lot the, of fight. What? Yeah. It's Waterfuck. Yeah, yeah, Waterfuck. Um, what's the squid Nintendo game? Splatoon. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a Splatoon game. <laughs> but it is very fun. That's just that's just a fun gameplay, I like that one. Um yeah, I think I think the festival one. Which we will go into more in pro- future episodes. Either next week or the one after. There's a lot to cover here. Yeah. But, you know. We haven't even gotten to the cooking game. Yeah. Um, do you have a homework question for me? I suppose, like, obviously, like, wife of choice is the main question. We've already gone through it. So we're satisfied. Um. Do you have any favourites out of the other girls? You know, to, f- to f- gear up for next week's episode. Leo. Oh yeah, fuck! I gotta mention her at some point. <laughs> I'll get to it. She's just, uh, where I'm up to in my notes already. currently. We haven't met her, but yeah. she's coming. She she could. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I like Ryona because I have her fucking mouse pad. She's weird. Just, just for the sake of novelty, if you're going to Akihabara, otaku capital of the entire fucking universe, you should get a booby mouse pad and you should get a body pillow. You didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you, I, mean, I was shocked at how difficult that. they were to find. <laughs> Honestly, you could get you get the pillowcase anywhere. They're fucking all over the town. Nothing to put in it, unless you, unless you put, put it on like a big skinny ghost. Yeah. Mm. That's what I was going to say. We'll actually come back to Akuba, um, fucking immediately next week. And if you want to hear that, the best way to do it is to subscribe. Or follow on Spotify, right, Kyle? Yeah. Um, you should rate, review, uh, email us at clown... At, oh, that's my actual email. Um, you should email us at theschoolforwardnerds at gmail. <laughs> um, if you have a topic or a suggestion or anything like that, that's a good place to let us know. Um, Kyle, I thank you for joining us on this long-winded 
story-driven episode. Oh, thank you. Don't worry, the next one is much more bouncing around. Cool. <laughs> bouncing around like the boobies on a... on a Hot summer day. I was going to say on a ninja with a heart of gold. <laughs> oh. um, thank you for listening. I've been your host, Terry Apollo. Um, this has been the School for Wayward Nerds. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the, I think the moral to this one is definitely um, look past the boobies at the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And also don't judge a book by a cover because sometimes the cover is literally playing you for a chump. Yeah. Yep. Believe in yourself. Class dismissed. Thank you for listening. I hope we sounded better today. I'm not recording under a blankie. Okay. <laughs>